Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. It is Monday. It is Monday, July 4th, and we still have the one and only Mr. Greg Dickerson. Thank you for coming on this national holiday. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely, man. Had to come on, you know, for all of those in England and the rest of the world that have to work today. So, you know, <laughs> Always bring in value. A few minutes. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. This, this has been years of conversation. I consider you a friend and a mentor and an advisor. So thank you for all you do. And again, thanks for uh, coming on July 4th. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's our own all-in podcast. There you go. There you go. Just a couple of a couple of zeros missing from our combined net worth, but we, you know, mm-hmm. we we still try. <laughs> hey, so what I wanted to do is, uh, I'm now telling my audience that I predict July 20th is going to be the day that we have a kind of an earthquake in housing, national housing. What is July 20th? It's the day that National Association of Realtors reports June existing home sales, right? Existing home sales are 90% of the market. Uh, and I think they are going to be a disaster. Transactions down a lot, inventory up, just, it's just going to be a mess. Until then, I'm scouring the internet for information on important cities. Uh, for example, on July 1st, Brian Lebo, Brian Lebo gave me Las Vegas data, which um, showed 26.6% crash in transactions in one month frightening. Uh, yesterday, and we're going to look at together, I got data from Phoenix, which is another bubbly market. And I want to go through these with you because I think there's a lot in them. But more importantly, I want, I want us to kind of broaden out how this might, how this kind of trend might be a national trend. Does that make sense? Yeah. Awesome. So let me uh, share this with you and give credit where credit is due. This again came from John Wake. Uh, I found it on John's Twitter handle, and he references Mike Orr. So let's give full credit where credit is due. But let me scroll down to some of the metrics, and we'll go. We'll just go top down. So active listings in Phoenix uh, went up 152% year on year, also 52% in a month. That's that's 5,000 listings in a month in one MLS. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. Big market. It's a big market, but still, come on, fifty percent in a month. That it's never happened before, according to Mike Orr. Um, it's the largest increase percentage-wise in a month. It is, I, but you know, on the other side of that, it was the largest decrease getting to where it was. So inventory levels had never dropped to the levels they were low. Mm-hmm. So when they, it's kind of like jobs, right? You know, you close yeah. the economy down for the pandemic in twenty twenty, mm. and then you come into office, you know, in twenty twenty. When was he elected? 2021 or 22? No, 20 November of 2020. Yeah. So he comes into office, you reopen the economy. And, hey, look at all these jobs I created. So, <laughs> exactly. You yeah. know, these numbers are kind of big percentages. You know, you take it with a grain of salt because, you, you know, again, if you lose half your inventory 50% yeah. down, when it comes yeah. back, it's going to go up 50%. Yeah. There's no question uh, of percentages are very misleading. But I do think there's a story here. I think what mm-hmm. you are going to see, and again, you're seeing these in pockets like Phoenix. Um, I think I saw the other day that um, one of the iBuyers, Open Door, has a thousand listings, right? They're, they account for one fourteenth of all listings in Phoenix or something to that effect. Um, so there are definitely city locales. But what I think is coming again and will become even worse after July 20th is I think things like this, right? If you're in Phoenix, I want to play kind of psychology, consumer psychology. If you're in Phoenix and this becomes publicly known, and you, and you have a home and you've been thinking about selling, my guess is a lot of people look at this going, oh my God, we missed the peak. Let's hurry up and list. 
But again, I think a lot of those listings aren't going to be real because they'll be full of wish pricing and only to come off the market in 30 or 60 days. What do you think of the psychology is of a homeowner or maybe even a buyer when you see headlines like that? Yeah, we're being we're seeing that, you know, across the country, people rushing to market because they, you know, they don't want to miss this peak. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting how people always come late to the party. You, <laughs> yeah. you know, it just it just happens. The same thing happened to 405. Same thing happened 2008 and 9. Uh, the interesting thing to look at would be vacant homes. That's a mm -hmm. big one. And I was looking at some data on that the other day. I can't remember the statistics, but the number of vacant homes is is high. Okay. You know, so so those are you know when you have people that are occupying the residence and they're just putting it out there, say, hey, if I get what I want, great, I'll sell. If not, I'm not going to. Exactly. Um, versus the ones that are vacant that could either be rent, you know, rental homes that they lost their tenants and they want to sell them, or it could be people that have already moved and they have to sell. You know, that shows a motivated seller market, or it could be the iBuyers, you know, that mm -hmm. bought and held inventory and, you know, are, are putting it out there now. And we're seeing it in the Sunbelt states where the biggest demand, the biggest rush was. So you're seeing it, you know, Phoenix, you know, Las Vegas, mm -hmm. you're seeing like, you know, Charlotte, Atlanta, Austin, Texas, Dallas, Texas, Florida, you know, you're seeing you know, the major markets where a lot of people were flooding to mm -hmm. is where the biggest, you know, hits are right now in terms of, you know, the, the switch from a seller's market to a buyer's market. And a lot of it's price point, you know, when you're mm -hmm. dealing with, you know, $400,000 houses, $500,000 houses, you know, that's a payment buyer, you know, mm -hmm. so affordability is huge. The other thing that we're seeing too, that's really interesting is we're seeing, you know, rent people late on rent and, mm -hmm. you know, starting to see rent defaults, but I think it's something like 15% of the people that rent right now are behind oh, and getting wow. behind. So, uh, you know, we'll, we're going to see a reset in a lot of different ways and different, different aspects of the markets and mostly in these areas. No, I, I totally agree. There's definitely, there was concentration and where there's concentration, that's easier to make mistakes. And I think you're absolutely right. One of the things that I keep talking about, because again, I think investing as we'll talk about in video number three, you, it, it, it's exciting what's coming. Uh, and I think you're absolutely right. You got to seek motivation. A mom and dad who are still occupying their home and their kids are still going to school aren't as motivated, right? They want to sell. They don't need to sell. So again, they're going to get their number or they're not. And if you're an agent, you got to be very careful. I think real estate agents got a lot of bad habits the last couple of years, took any listing and put up any price, didn't push back. I think that's going to fall apart going forward. Well, it was also easy too. You know, yeah, a lot no, of it was a lot of money because you know it was simple, man. A house came on, you had your buyers had to jump, you know, and yeah. if you got a listing, you pretty much were going to get it sold. But mm. you know, the market's changing, and it's kind of like we've been talking about. It's going to take some time. Rates yes. have to go up even more. Um, you know, you would see serious. Somebody asked me this the other day. You know, how fast could things change in the housing market? Like literally overnight, like a stock market, you know, okay. liquidation situation. I said, you get rates to 7%, you'll see it completely halt overnight, instantly. You will see the housing market just kind of, inventory will stack up, transactions will fall off a cliff. You know, we're just now at the beginning stages of a correction. Mm -hmm. uh, and you'll see, you know, these markets, and there always were, you know, back in 0809, Phoenix, you know, Las Vegas, those markets mm -hmm. took the biggest hits because they're big markets. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like Charlotte, North Carolina, you know, all the markets we just discussed, the most popular, largest, mm -hmm. biggest built, you know, where a lot of development is going on. I mean, that's the other thing. We haven't really seen the home builders, you know, once they complete and those units get thrown out to the market, you know, um, you're going to see some inventory levels, you know, kind of shoot up. But if rates get up in the sevens, you know, with what the Fed's getting ready to do and, mm -hmm. you know, bond yields aren't cooperating right now or bond rates, but, yeah, um, you know, that's really what you need for a massive, massive correction in the housing market. 
Yeah, I, I still don't see it. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I don't see a Again, when we say correction, we're referring to price. I see actually the largest crash in transactions ever. I actually think Q3 and Q4 will be the recession of 2022 because real estate makes up 14% of GDP. And that's about, we're about to lose four, maybe 5% because of all of this transactions. But yeah, what a lot of people don't think about with that is all of the money that goes and flows into the economy based off of a real estate transaction. Exactly. As well as refinance, people pulling equity out and spending it to stimulate the economy. Exactly. You know, all of that wealth is getting destroyed right now because with this, values adjust. Mm. You know, we haven't seen it at scale yet, but you're, you're, you know, you're going to start to see it. And I'm seeing huge, I've got a very small market that I'm in. I'm seeing huge price reductions on some properties, like a hundred grand on five, six hundred thousand dollar houses. Wow. Somebody needs to sell again. You and what's really cool for everybody watching, if you really want to have some fun, go into your market, start looking at, you know, because Zillow has good information. Look at what they paid for the house that are right. on the market now. We're seeing houses that were bought in my market, you know, 2019, 2020, 2021, mm. that people are, you know, selling for two, three, four hundred thousand dollars more. So they bought it for five seventy two years ago and they're putting it on the market at eight seventy. Oh, they got and, yeah. uh, you know it's interesting to watch some of those and, and see which ones are selling and which ones aren't. Yeah, no, it's again, what, what I see coming, this is a chance for real estate investors to be patients, find motivation. Again, I think your point about vacant homes is awesome. It's definitely a sign. Um, yeah. Want versus want to sell versus need to sell is a very different motivation. So let's, let's keep going. Let's look at pending sure. listings. So pending, right. This means in contract uh, went, went down roughly, I don't know. What is that? 1500. Uh, from a year ago or 20% and down 16% from a month ago. Again, very much a slowing market. This, this is really buyers. Even though you have more inventory, buyers are slowing down. And that's what I think happens July 20th. I think July 20th, National Association of Realtors sets off an earthquake or a bomb or whatever you want to call it. And buyers get scared, right? Oh my God, it's, it's a bubble. I don't want to participate. I'm going to pause for six months. And then sellers get FOMAR and they throw more listings on. It's, it's going to be like this huge air pocket. And one of the things yeah. to track is pending because that really means buyers are walking away. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, June was still a really good month. July, August are going to be the big ones because, you know, that's when it traditionally slows down anyways. You add all these other factors to it. So June, June probably won't be as bad as you're thinking because there was still a lot of stuff that went under contract in May mm. before the big okay. changes. They locked their rates. July, August, September, those are going to be your big three. Mm, yeah. Under, uh, under contract, uh, we again went down uh, 24% from last year. Let's just round it up, 16%. Uh, again, these are um, just, again, buyers deciding not to play. Now the big one for me is monthly sales. This is my call, right? Transactions. Roughly 2,000 less transactions than a year ago and down, you know, let's call it 8% from a month ago. A transaction crash is meaningful. It does hurt GDP. And when you take this, you know, you add, you, this was 7%. Vegas was 26%. It's just your GDP has to get hurt, I think. Yeah. And, you know, you like charts and statistics. So I think it's um, Redfin where you can get all this information. No, NAR, National Association of Realtors. Yeah. No, so you go on the National Association of Realtors website, you can look at their market research and it mm -hmm. breaks it up by markets. Mm -hmm. And you can look at the national average and it gives you all of this active, pending, under contract. That's where this data comes from, NAR. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you, know, that's... you can go to their website and track it in real time because I think you'd find this pretty close 
the same info across the country nationwide, you know, matching up with this. Yeah. Yeah. The NARS official data release for June is, is the 20th of July. And that's what I'm saying. That's the big mm -hmm. day. This is, this data here is all early real estate based. So this is certainly not complete. It's a best guess. Uh, I, we do get some realtor information, some Zillow information early, but it is NAR national association of realtors, July 20th. That's the day that June numbers are published for the country. It's going to be wild. And then finally sale price, right? Everybody, everybody connects housing crash with price. And even though we saw all this more inventory and all this less sales, price didn't move, right? It's up 20% roughly from a year ago and down 0.1% from last month. And again, we have to always remember this is median sale price. And median seems to throw a lot of people off because again, I keep telling people the Fed broke housing, the low end is particularly hurt. And if you don't have any low end transaction, median just naturally moves higher. Yeah. Yeah. It's a middle price, you know, versus yep. an average. So it's, Correct. it's a misleading number and, you know, the government, well, Biden's already talking about how can we help, you know, entry level buyers, you know, by doing different things, you know, exactly. Um, yes, exactly. Morris uh, Johnson over in uh, England is talking about 50 year mortgages that can be passed down to your family. I saw you that. Know, yeah. Yeah. To your, uh, uh, you know, to your Kids. state and things yep. like that. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, that's the last thing you need right now. When you're <laughs> trying to correct the housing market. Let's make it more expensive. Let's well, give more it, credit. Let's put more pressure on it. This is this is why I this is again exactly why I don't think median price falls. And again, I'm I'm being very specific, median, because I think what's going to happen over the next six to twelve months is we're going to see, uh, uh, we're going to see a recession. It'll be real real estate based, and then the government will do what it always does: intervene in a non helpful way. And all they're going to do, Greg, is goose the bottom end. <laughs> It's going to create more demand, more pricing pressure on the low end, and it's going to distort prices when you don't need it. Well, that's what caused the crash in 0809 was, you know, a push for home ownership and creating all those exotic exotic loan products that were supposed to help, mm -hmm. you know, lower end buyers. And they were putting people in these predatory loans, you know, that weren't qualified. That's where it all started. Mm -hmm. And then it started expanding from there. And, yeah. you know, once, once Wall Street got greedy, it just went over. Well, yeah. they were already greedy. They just figured out a way to tap <laughs> yeah. into something they hadn't tapped into before. Yeah. Oh, this is a new toy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do we, how do we, how do we, you know, profit on this housing, you know, thing that's being created and really drive. And I remember, I didn't know what was going on back then. I had no clue how it all worked, you know, and I remember getting loans that I shouldn't have been getting. And I'm like, how am I even qualifying for this? They're like, oh, you know, they're just packing these things up and selling them on wall street. And I'm like, that just makes zero sense to me. And, you know, I had no clue what they were doing, but, you know, whatever, it, you know, it worked and, you know, it was good while it lasted. <laughs> yeah. Again, this, this is one of the reasons I don't think we see price deterioration like a lot of people believe. And it's because of the government. I think the government is already actively working on first time home buyer and low income programs to make house, to make buying a house more affordable. That naturally gooses the low end first-time homebuyers, which we already don't have enough inventory, that is going to goose the, the low end and it's just going to make median price stay high. Yeah, Even the other one that's really talking about it the right way was surprisingly enough is Jay Powell, right? He yes. gets it. He's like, home prices are unaffordable. We've priced people out of the market. We're going to fix it. We got our eyes on it. We're going to fix it. 
-hmm. So, you know, he gets it. The rest of the politicians, you know, they don't get it. You know, you, <laughs> the way you make housing more affordable is bring prices down. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't create products and incentives to keep pricing up and to keep pressure up. You got to let it reverse and it will. I mean, it only goes so far. People can only pay so much. It's all about payments. And as mm -hmm. interest rates rise, which they will, and they're going to continue, that's going to keep correcting. It just takes time. You know, yeah. and we don't know where the economy is going to be in six months. No. Uh, you know, anything can happen. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but since we just wrapped this one up, did you see the 10-year crash under 2.9? It went from 3.49 to 2.86 in 10 business days. That's wild. Right. Yeah, and you know why? No, I have no idea why. Okay, so stocks were going up, bonds are going down. And actually, they're kind of both working along the same way. The reason the bond rates went down is because everybody's flooding in, you know, the big dollars are flooding into bonds because they're worried about recession. Yeah. So the reports came out the other day uh, from all the Fed, you know, banks around the country saying, wait a minute, we're pricing in negative GDP mm. for the second quarter, like you and I have been talking about. We've already been in a recession. We've been in a recession yeah. since the beginning of the year. And, you know, so now they're starting to come out and they can no longer, you know, say that we're not. Mm. So bond markets are always ahead of everybody. They're ahead I of agree. the Fed, they're ahead of the economy, they're ahead of everything. So that's a flight to safety play. So that's why mm. yields are coming down because bonds are inverse, right? The mm -hmm. lower the rates, you know, the, the higher the price of bonds, lower yep. the lower the price of bonds, the higher the rates. Yep. So as you have capital flooding in, and this is life companies, sovereign wealth funds, big hedge funds, big investment funds, you know, buying the, you know, three month, six month, one year, two year, and then the 10 year, because they're afraid Mm -hmm. of where they're going. So that's your cash play. So you you ask, where do you put large sums of cash? You put them in treasuries, put them yeah. in CDs, put them in money markets. You put them, you know, into it. If you got a hundred million bucks, you know, you can't just go put that in the bank. No, so you got to yeah. put it in instruments that are going to protect your capital. Yeah. So liquid instruments. So that's where treasuries, you know, things like that. So, uh, you know, that's why that's happening. Investors understand where the economy is going and they're trying to protect and hedge and they're getting out of the markets. Yeah, no, I think that's, a, yeah, if I had to guess that would have been, I, I, I've talked about it the last two days and there's really two, there's two things. One of them is frightening. And the one is, one is like you just said, it's fear, right? Smart money is going in. Why get 3%. If you think we're going to have a recession, go get your 3% money in a 10 year bond. It's, it's better than zero. Right. So now, that what I've been talking sense. about is technical recession. We've Correct. been in a technical recession since January what the bond market's telling you is deep recessions coming. Yeah, Q3, Job loss, Q4. you know, layoffs, you know, things like that. Companies going out of business. That's what the bond market's telling you. You yeah. know, what we've been experiencing is just technical. Yeah, know. it's funny you bring that up. I've talked about it just this morning. Um, did you know that the last time we had two quarters of negative GDP and it was not declared a recession? Do you know no. that? 1947 Q2, Q3 were both negative and it wasn't called a recession. I yeah. actually believe, because again, right, I have an econ degree. I understand all the subtleties behind a recession call. I believe even if Q2 is negative GDP, small negative, like 1%, uh, which again, 1947 Q2 was negative 0.8 and Q3 was negative 1.1 from memory. I wrote, I wrote it down this morning. Um, they're not going to call it a recession because we had six months of job growth. There's four variables that go behind negative GDP, employment, real wages, industrial production, and retail sales. Two of those four have been positive for six months. So there's a good chance that these well-meaning economists in three months don't even call Q1 and Q2 a technical recession. That said, I believe Q3, Q4 will undoubtedly be a recession, and it will be real estate-based 
because as we said earlier, crashing transactions takes money out of the market, uh, cash out refis going from trillions to zero money out of the market. It's going to be a nasty deep dark. And I think that's what the 10 year is saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting times. Oh, very cool. Greg, where can people find you? Yeah. GregDickerson.com. That's where all my info is. Go check it out. Thank you, buddy.